0: Section 161. Vision on February 26, 2005, related by Denver Snuffer Jr. in Come Let Us Adore Him, as Gethsemane. Also, extracts of a vision given to Denver Snuffer Jr., March 14, 2005, reported in the chapter titled Resurrection. Gethsemane text adopted as scripture during the canonization of these scriptures. Resurrection text was sustained as scripture, April 21, 2019, during a general conference in Grand Junction, Colorado. I knew a man in Christ about four years ago who, being overshadowed by the Spirit on the 26th of February, 2005, had the Lord appear to him again. And the Lord spoke to him face to face in plain humility, as one man speaks to another, calling him by name. As they spoke, the Lord put forth his hand and touched the eyes of the man and said, Look, The man had opened before him a view of the Lord kneeling in prayer. It was in a dark place. The air was heavy and overcast with sorrow. The man beheld the Lord praying in Gethsemane on the night of his betrayal and before his crucifixion. All the Lord had previously done in his mortal ministry by healing the sick, raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, restoring hearing to the deaf, curing the leper, and ministering relief to others as he taught was but a prelude to what the Lord was now to do on this dark, oppressive night. As the Lord knelt in prayer, his vicarious suffering began. He was overcome by pain and anguish. He felt within him, not just the pains of sin, but also the illnesses men suffer as a result of the fall and their foolish and evil choices. The suffering was long and the challenge difficult. The Lord suffered the afflictions. He was healed from the sickness. He overcame the pains, and patiently bore the infirmities until, finally, he returned to peace of mind and strength of body. It took an act of will and hope for him to overcome the affliction which had been poured upon him. He overcame the separation caused by these afflictions and reconciled with his father. He was at peace with all mankind. He thought his sufferings were over, but to his astonishment another wave overcame him. This one was much greater than the first. The Lord, who had been kneeling, fell forward onto his hands at the impact of the pain that was part of a greater, second wave. This second wave was so much greater than the first that it seemed to entirely overcome the Lord. The Lord was now stricken with physical injuries as well as spiritual affliction. As he suffered anew, his flesh was torn which he healed using the power of the charity within him. The Lord had such life within him, such power and virtue within him, that although he suffered in his flesh, these injuries healed and his flesh restored. His suffering was both body and spirit, and there was anguish of thought, feeling, and soul. The Lord overcame the second wave of suffering, and again found peace of mind and strength of body, and his heart filled with love despite what he had suffered. Indeed, it was charity or love that allowed him to overcome. He was at peace with his Father, and with all mankind, but it required another, still greater act of will and charity than the first for him to do so. Again, the Lord thought his suffering was over. He stayed on his hands and knees for a moment to collect himself when another wave of torment burst upon him. This wave struck him with such force he fell forward upon his face. He was afflicted by this greater wave. He was then healed, only to then be afflicted again as the waves of torment overflowed. Wave after wave poured out upon him, with only moments between them. The Lord's suffering progressed from a lesser to a greater portion of affliction, for as one would be overcome by him, the next, greater affliction would then be poured out. Each wave of suffering was only preparation for the next, greater wave. The pains of mortality, disease, injury, and infirmity, together with the sufferings of sin, transgressions, guilt of mind, and unease of soul, the horrors of recognition of the evils men had inflicted upon others, were all poured out upon him, with confusion and perplexity multiplied upon him. He longed for it to be over, and thought it would end long before it finally ended. With each wave he thought it would be the last, but then another came upon him, and then yet another. The one beholding this scene was pained by what he saw, and begged for the vision of the Lord's suffering to end. He could not bear to see his Lord suffering in this manner. The petition was denied and the vision did not end, for the Lord required him to witness it. The man saw that the Lord pleaded again with the Father that this cup may pass from him. But the Lord was determined to suffer the Father's will and not his own. Therefore, a final wave came upon him with such violence as to cut him at every pore. It seemed for a moment that he was torn apart and that blood came out of every pore. The Lord writhed in pain upon the ground as this great final torment was poured upon him. All virtue was taken from him. All the great life force in him was stricken and afflicted. All the light turned to darkness. He was humbled, drained, and left with nothing. It is not possible for a man to bear such pains and live, but with nothing more than will, hope in his Father, and charity toward all men, he emerged from the final wave of torment, knowing he had suffered all this for his Father and his brethren. By his hope and great charity, trusting in the Father, the Lord returned from this dark abyss and found grace again, his heart being filled with love toward the Father and all men. These great burdens were borne by the Lord not only on behalf of mankind, but also as a necessary prelude to his death upon a Roman cross. Had he not been so physically weakened by these sufferings and drained of power from within, the scourging and crucifixion he suffered at the hands of men could not have taken his life. It was many hours after this vision closed before the one who witnessed the suffering could compose himself again. He wept because of the vision shown him, and he wondered at the Lord's great suffering for mankind. The witness reflected for many days upon the scene of the Lord's great suffering. He read many times the account of the Lord's agony given to Joseph Smith, which reads, Therefore I command you to repent, repent, lest I smite you by the rod of my mouth, and by my wrath, and by my anger, and your sufferings be sore, how sore you know not, how exquisite you know not, yea, how hard to bear you know not. For behold, I God have suffered these things for all, that they might not suffer if they would repent. But if they would not repent, they must suffer even as I, which suffering caused myself, even God, the greatest of all, to tremble because of pain, and to bleed at every pore, and to suffer both body and spirit and would that I might not drink the bitter cup and shrink. Nevertheless, glory be to the Father, and I partook and finished my preparations unto the children of men. Teen C4 paragraph 5. He pondered and asked, Why were there waves of torment? Why did they increase in difficulty? How were they organized as they seemed to fit a pattern? After long inquiring into the things which he had seen, the Lord, who is patient and merciful and willing to instruct those who call upon him, again appeared to the man on the 20th of December, 2007. He made known unto him that the waves of torment suffered by the Lord came in pairs which mirrored each other. The first of each wave poured upon the Lord those feelings, regrets, recriminations, and pains felt by those who injured their fellow man. Then followed a second wave, which mirrored the first, but imposed the pains suffered by the victims of the acts committed by those in the first wave. Instead of the pains of those who inflict hurt or harm, it was now the anger, bitterness, and resentments felt by those who suffered these wrongs. From each wave of suffering, whether as the one afflicting or as the victim of those wrongs, the Lord would overcome the evil feelings associated with these wrongs, and find His heart again filled with peace. This was why, in the vision of the suffering of the Lord, it was in the second waves that there appeared oftentimes to be injuries to His body. The greater difficulty in these paired waves of torment was always overcoming the suffering of the victim. With these waves the Lord learned to overcome the victim's resentments, to forgive, and to heal both body and spirit. This was more difficult than overcoming the struggles arising from the one who committed the evil. This is because the one doing evil knows he has done wrong and feels a natural regret when he sees himself aright. The victim, however, always feels it is their right to hold resentment, to judge their persecutor, and to withhold peace and love for their fellow men. The Lord was required to overcome both so that he could succor both. In the pairing of the waves, the first torment was of the mind and spirit and the second was torment of mind, spirit, and body. The Lord experienced all the horror and regret wicked men feel for their crimes when they finally see the truth. He experienced the suffering of their victims whose righteous anger and natural resentment and disappointment must also be shed, and forgiveness given, in order for them to find peace. He overcame them all. He descended below them all. He comprehends it all. And he knows how to bring peace to them all. He knows how to love others whether they are the one who has given offense or the one who is a victim of the offense. In the final wave, the most brutal, most evil, most heinous sins men inflict upon one another were felt by him as a victim of the worst men can do. He knew how it felt to wrongly suffer death. He knew what it was like to be a mother holding a child in her arms as they are both killed by those who delight in their suffering. He knew how it was for ambitious men to rid themselves of a rival by conspiracy and murder. He knew what it was to have virtue robbed from the innocent. He knew betrayal, treachery, and abuse in all its worst degrading horror. There was no cruelty, no offense, no evil that mankind has suffered or will suffer that was not put upon him. He knew what it is like for men to satisfy their ambition by clothing their hypocrisy in religious garb. He also felt what it was like to be the victim of religious oppression by those who pretend to practice virtue while oppressing others. He knew the hearts of those who would kill him. Before confronting their condemnation of him in the flesh, he suffered their torment of mind when they recognized he was the Lord, and then found peace for what they would do by rejecting him. In this extremity there was madness itself as he mirrored the evil which would destroy him, and learned how to come to peace with the Father after killing the Son of God, and to love all those involved without restraint and without pretense even before they did these terrible deeds. His suffering therefore, encompassed all that has happened, all that did happen, and all that would happen in the future. As a result of what the Lord suffered, there is no condition, physical, spiritual, or mental, that He does not fully understand. He knows how to teach, comfort, succor, and direct any who come to Him seeking forgiveness and peace. This is why the Prophet wrote By His knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for He shall bear their iniquities. Isaiah 19, paragraph 2. And again, surely He hath borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. Isaiah 19 paragraph 2 He obtained this knowledge by the things He suffered. He suffered that we might avoid sin by being obedient to His commandments. None of U.S. need harm another, if we will follow him. He knows fully the consequences of sin. He teaches his followers how to avoid sin. The Prophet Alma taught and understood our Lord's sufferings as he wrote, And he shall go forth, suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind, and this that the word might be fulfilled which saith, He will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people and he will take upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people, and he will take upon him their infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy, according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. Alma 5 Paragraph 3 He can bring peace to any soul. He can help those who will come to him love their fellow man. He alone is the perfect teacher because He alone has the knowledge each of us lack to return to being whole and at peace with the God and Father of us all after a transgression of His will. He is wise to what is required for each man's salvation. As the Lord made these terrible things known to the man He cried out, Hosanna to the Lamb of God. He has trodden the winepress alone. Glory, honor, and mercy be upon the Chosen One for ever and ever. I will submit unto anything you see fit to require of me. I will bend my knee in obedience to you. Let thy will, not mine be done. For worthy is the Lamb. Then, thinking upon how trifling his difficulties and disappointments had been in comparison with the suffering he saw imposed upon his Lord, the man added, Surely goodness and mercy have been mine all the days of my life. And the Lord responded, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Then the man wept. When I saw his resurrection, I was surprised to see it was still dark. When Mary realized it was Jesus, she embraced him joyfully. She did not timidly reach out her hand, but she readily greeted him with open arms, and he, in turn, embraced her. It is difficult to describe what I saw of the incident, apart from saying the Lord was triumphant, exultant, overjoyed at his return from the grave. She shared his joy. I was shown the scene and do not have words to adequately communicate how complete the feelings of joy and gratitude were which were felt by our Lord that morning. As dark and terrible were the sufferings through which he passed, the magnitude of which is impossible for man to put into words, these feelings of triumph were, on the other hand, of equal magnitude in their joy and gratitude. I do not think it possible for a mortal to feel a fullness of either. And, having felt some of what he shares with his witnesses, I know words are inadequate to capture his feelings on the morning of his resurrection. He had the deep satisfaction of having accomplished the most difficult assignment given by the father, knowing it was a benefit to all of his father's children, and it had been done perfectly. Mary and Christ Embraced There was nothing timid about the warm encounter she had with him. Then he said to her, Hold me not because he had to ascend, return and report to his father. Joseph Smith was correct when he revised this language. I then saw him ascend to heaven. I saw the golden heavenly light glowing down upon Mary as she watched his ascent. All this happened while it was yet dark on the morning he rose from the dead. He has shown this to me and I can testify to it as a witness. Although I have disclosed some of what I have been shown I cannot tell all. If I have a witness of the Lord's resurrection, certainly you can have the same. There is nothing significant about me. Further, I cannot compel you to believe me, but can truthfully testify of him. Believe his promise to come to you and comfort you, and take up his abode with you, John 9 verse 8. Believe him, because everybody is equally dependent upon him for their hope of salvation. Never put your eternal salvation in the hands of anyone other than Jesus Christ, who paid to ransom you. Belief based upon the testimony or witness of another should never satisfy you. You should press forward and obtain your own witness of your risen Lord. Move into action, grow beyond belief, act in conformity to the things He has asked you, and develop faith. Use that faith to develop knowledge of Him, then you will not be dependent upon anyone else for knowledge which will both save you and assure you eternal life.